Welcome to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, where we explore perceptions. How self-reflecting questions can give you a better understanding of self. I'm your host, Sonia Iris Lozada. Stay tuned. Barb Moses is the founder and CEO of High Five Leadership who created this business with one purpose in mind, inspiring others to change their worlds so together they can change the world. Hi, and welcome to Poetic Resurrection Podcast. My guest today is Barb Moses of High Five. Hello, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm excited about our conversation. Yes, and we get to discuss joy. What is joy? Oh, great question. For me, in the simplest form, joy is an emotion. It is, however, one of the highest vibration emotions, right? It feels so good. Once I realized it was available to me, because I'm not sure that I figured that, actually, I know I didn't figure it out until I was probably pushing 40, then I became almost, right, it's my drug of choice, feels good. A lot of people say they want to feel joyful, but they have no idea how to get there or what it actually feels like. There are times in my life I've been happier or more joyous, or I'm excited about something, but to have it actually really defined in the emotional kind of sense, it's just, it's hard to, but we kind of know it. It's really an interesting topic. I was showing my shirt. It says, choose joy on it. And as one of our taglines, a lot of times people are like, yeah, whatever. Because they really don't think that joy is a choice. They think joy is something that happens to them versus them actually choosing it or creating it for themselves. It's the hard part because how do you choose it? What is actually the difference between joy and happiness? I love this question. For me, and this is just my, my opinion, there are folks out there that would tell you there is no difference, and that's okay. For me, though, there's a big difference. Happiness is external. So what makes me happy are things that happen outside of me that are fun, so it might make me happy to go to a concert, right? It makes me happy to go to the beach. Joy, on the other hand, is internal. That means it's available to me no matter what. I could be doing the dishes and choosing to feel joy, choosing that happiness in that moment, but I don't have to have anything external happen. It's just all internal. It is and that's where the choose comes from. It's about choosing joyful thought, feeling, experience in that moment. Is it really possible to choose joy? I say yes. And I'm going to be the first to admit, I don't do it all day, every day. It requires us to be conscious in that moment, look for the joy that's available in that moment. Most of us are focused on everything else. We don't think it's possible because we're letting all of those negative outside influences impact us from that. Well, I can't choose joy. What's interesting is when we finally realize what keeps us from choosing joy is what I call the blame game. Because we want to blame somebody else, something else for us not having exactly what we want, being happy. 
as a result of that, we stay in a negative place, a negative space, rather than looking for the positive or what is available. Because it's not, and this is important, right? People look at the choose joy and, uh, you know, like whatever. It's not about choosing joy when it's easy because we are all really Mm -hmm. good at that. It's about choosing joy when it's not easy. And when you master that, that is when everybody wins because I'm not influenced by the outside and what's going on around me, I'm choosing it for myself. I'm accepting responsibility for how I'm showing up. And it's a whole lot of fun. But as long as I blame somebody, I'm giving them my power and therefore giving them my joy in essence. But as soon as I accept responsibility for what's going on in me, then I take that power back. Isn't that going back to like a perception? We have perceptions of what our life should be. Mm -hmm. We have perceptions of how we should feel. We have perceptions about everything. And if we set these perceptions, or sometimes people call them goals, I don't know about goals and perceptions at the same time. I think you have to change your perceptions to make your goals. But joy You have to stop to get to joy. I'm assuming you have to be more grateful, more accepting for it to become a habit. More open. Absolutely. One of the biggest things that we do in life is we fight with reality because we think reality should be different than it is. And it's kind of crazy when you look at it that way, but we all do it. Because we want certain things to happen and we think that life should just conform to what we want and it doesn't. And so our perception a lot of time is that the world's against us or that I, maybe it's, I don't deserve to be happy because I'm not, or joy is not available. Depends on the person. And a lot of it depends on their programming what they were taught when they grew up, what their outside influences were at that time. And they haven't learned how to go inside themselves. All they see is what's right in front of them and they're fighting it. So what you said was absolutely, we, once we stop fighting with reality and open ourselves up and we're willing to look for the joy, that's when we can find it. But as long as we're fighting that reality should be a certain way. As soon as we start working with reality instead of fighting against it, it creates a new possibility. So that goes back to why is it so hard to create joy is because we have all these ideas and perceptions that block us actually from finding it because like you said, we were we grew up to believe certain things. Yeah. In my case, we grew up with lack. My mind was always going back to, I have to make money. I have to do this. And it was all I have to versus I want to. What's that story? Can't talk about joy without talking about stories because it's our stories, that story of lack that kept you from joy. It's not until we address the story. And most of us don't even realize we're telling ourselves stories. Yes. All the time, right? That little voice in our head that's talking to us all day, every day. It's creating our reality. If we don't like what it's creating, that's where we blame. Usually, once we start changing the story, then we start changing the outcome. I love that. I'm glad you brought up this the story of lack because many of us have stories around money in one form or another. But you think about some of the happiest people on the planet, they don't have any money. They take and have joy in the smallest of things. They have that grateful heart that you talked about. Somewhere along the line, though, that story happened and our family got repeated 
And so we owned it as our own and we never examined it thinking, oh, if I just had, if only I had money, I would be happy. How many times do we now have money, but we don't have happiness? No, we don't because we put so much emphasis on what's outside of us instead of what we feel. That many times I fought my nurturing side because I felt it was taken advantage of because I listened to everybody's problems and I'm not a therapist, but everybody told me their problems. I was a good listener. So that goes back to what do you do about energy vampires who sees that joy in you and sees that you're optimistic and a good listener? And, and I don't think they do it on purpose, but it's their story. And if you don't give it to them, they go to somebody else and do exactly the same thing. They are. And, and you're right. They don't, I would say most, if not all, they don't realize it because they've been programmed that way. They're just running the program that's come into them. And most of our programming literally happens before age seven. We're little sponges and everything that we experience comes in. And it must be true because it's happening that creates those programs. By the time we're an adult, 18 years old, we're almost completely programmed. Now, the good news is we can change the program. There was a long time people thought we can't change it, but neuroplasticity and all the, all the good science stuff, right? We can actually change it. Recognizing though, your programs are different than my programs that are different from all those seven and a half billion people on the planet. We all run different programs and we don't always get that somebody's running a different program. So we, we see them and we wonder why do they do that? Why, why don't they see things the way we do? They just don't. So going back to your, your question about energy vampires, they're just running a program. You know, I hear it all the time. It's like, well, what do I do about this negative environment that I'm in? Great. I want to choose joy. What do I do about this negative environment? It comes back to personal responsibility, which means I have some, some options, right? I do have some choices. One is if I don't want to keep dealing with it, I could leave. Two is understanding that the biggest energy always prevails. So if I bring that joy energy, so rather than having somebody else impact me, I bring the energy and see how it impacts the environment. So I have that. With somebody who truly isn't an energy vampire, there is a, a place where we take care of ourselves and we set our boundaries, hopefully get them <laughs> to start to see some of what they're doing as well. So often people who are energy vampires, we won't address it. I've actually addressed it with someone. Mm -hmm. They were very upset and I was very, I really worked on being the most tactful and the kindest I could in saying it. Because that is a hard thing to hear. And at least by addressing it, right? You don't have to be, be mean and nasty about it. Mm -hmm. Just this is my reality. Then they do have a choice and it never feels good. We don't love hearing that those things about us. However, that's where all of our new growth and potential is, is when somebody cares enough about us to point out our blind spots because we don't even realize that we're doing it. Not at all. There are times where I catch myself. I go through this to-do list. I'm making up stories that haven't even happened and are not going to happen most likely. And I stop myself and I go, what am I doing? I'm driving myself nuts for no reason <laughs> at all. 
choose gratitude, choose joy. And I tell myself that all the time because your mind has a tendency to want to go back to its old stories or worse, to go back to anything that really affected them in their life, some kind of trauma, some kind of emotional pain, to not relive that over and over again is very difficult. But you could find joy if you could repeat it as much as you repeat all the negative things, you could absolutely have joy. I want to share because this was really huge for me that even took my already like, I can go choose joy to a new level. It came from a TED talk. The author wrote the book, The Stroke of Insight. Jill Bolt Taylor wrote it. The research, scientific research is when we experience something that creates an emotion, whether it be joy, anger, any emotion on the the scale, the longest it can authentically last is 90 seconds, nine zero, 90 seconds, which means if we get angry, the longest that we ever have to restrain so that we don't react is 90 seconds. Here's what happens though, is after that 90 seconds are over, exactly what you said, we just replay it over and over and over. Even what happened a lot of times gets worse and bigger. And then I call you. I'm like, you will not believe what happened to me. And so now I'm bringing you into my story. And then I'm bringing others in. And I'm seeing how many people can join my pity party. (laughs) That's funny. So that I, however I, I think about it, right, that makes me feel better because I'm right. But 90 seconds. So once I recognize that and I now, now I can see that I'm just retelling this story. And exactly, if I stop telling that story and focus on something positive, let me tie a bow because I love to do that. So (laughs) anytime I have a belief that anytime negative shows up, positive is available. And that can be a hard thing. You got to step in my shoes sometimes selling some of these concepts like choosing joy and time negative shows up, positive is available. People are like, Barb, you don't understand all the negative stuff. I do. And I am not discounting it. And I'm not saying it didn't happen. Trust me. However, the reason that I say anytime negative shows up, positive is available is that one cannot exist without the other. If I say that something is negative, that means I'm comparing it to something positive. If I didn't have a comparison, I wouldn't even know that it was negative or vice versa. So those things that happen to us in our life, that are negative because they do happen. Part of life. Things happen all the time and out of, con- out of our control, right? Correct. All day long. As long as I stay focused on my negative story, will it ever benefit me? It won't. So I'm robbing myself of joy. Every time I retell a negative story, I'm robbing myself. I want to blame the person who, or the whatever it is that happened initially. The only time I can blame them really is in that 90 seconds. And my blaming them isn't impacting them. That's, that's on them. But now when I accept responsibility and I start to look for the positive and maybe sometimes on you, the only positive is what I can learn or not do again. I agree because every time something happens negative to me, you're right. You get very upset. It's their fault. But then I stop myself and say, what am I supposed to learn from this? Exactly. Because I find if we get too much into a comfort zone, when that comfort zone is shaken up, sometimes it's shaken up for a good reason. 
there is a poem that I read, but one of the last lines is, not everything you lose is really a loss. And I just love that line because not everything you lose is actually a loss. Sometimes we lose things. And then in retrospect, we're like, I am so happy that happened. Even the stories of I'm in love with this person and they break up with me. And then three months later, I meet, truly meet the love of my life. And I'm like, oh, thank God that person's (laughs) gone. If you continue on a certain path, even though it might seem horrible, like losing a job, especially now, it's extremely stressful. Finding joy on what else you can do when you have become homeless. I know that this time was also difficult for me financially. What is the quickest way to get to joy? Hands down, my answer every time is going to be gratitude. It is impossible to be grateful about something and be negative. I want everybody, you, everybody who's listening, I want you in this moment, just think about something that you're grateful for. Anything. How does that feel? Oh, it feels great. Great. And, which I think that's why grateful is great. But, (laughs) and in that moment, when you are focused on what you're grateful for, everything else falls away. I actually have a saying and I have to get it in here because the folks that work with me will laugh hysterically when they hear it because it's my favorite saying and I'm the only one that likes it, but it's true. Gratitude is the express elevator to joy. We can be at the lowest of low. And when we focus on gratitude for that moment, Mm -hmm. we go all the way to joy. The key is though, it's practice. So joy for me is a practice. Every day, it's like, how can I experience more joy today? How can I get less triggered by things outside of me? When I do, how quickly can I shift to the positive? And that's the thing. How are you going to catch what a trigger is? Because a trigger normally, I don't know about my triggers until they happen. I'm like, that's not like me to behave that way. What the heck caused that? But I know gratitude is. Because if you look at, I'm going to use the pandemic as an example. Many people lost work or in jobs and their livelihood. They're afraid of being homeless. And that's terrifying. It really is. On the other side of it, I'm grateful I'm healthy. So that's how I find the little things. Just find something little. I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful. I'm healthy. I'm grateful. I have a job. Granted, it's not as many hours as I used to work, but I have a job. I'm grateful to have a job. So I think you're absolutely right. Gratitude is, it's all of it. And how do you get to gratitude though? What do you do to get to gratitude? Practice it. How do you practice it? Practice it. You know, for me, it's, it's multiple ways. One is every morning when I sit down to think about how I want to embrace my day, part of my practice is gratitude. What are five things that I'm grateful for? If you want to enhance just a gratitude practice, share those things, especially if you're grateful for somebody or for an experience with somebody. So let's just say I'm grateful for my brother because he calls me every week and he just checks in just to make sure that I'm doing well. How awesome would it be if that made my gratitude list that I call him and be like, I just want you to know you made my gratitude list today. So now not only am I grateful and choosing joy, but I'm spreading it. That's it. The other thing way that I practice, 
like you said, sometimes, right, we, we trigger and it's not until later that we recognize it. And that's the story. It's the stories. I just check within myself. And you know how when something feels uncomfortable or almost painful from an emotional standpoint, that just says to me, okay, be aware something's going on. What's the story? The quicker that I can recognize the stories, that's when I go to what's the positive, what can I be grateful for? So that people listening understand what is actually a story? A story is anything that I've learned from somebody else, anything that I've experienced, and literally it's every thought. Every thought that we have is a story. And you're like, well, but it really happened. Okay. So it's nonfiction now. Right. Is it benefiting you? That's really the biggest question. And then also checking in, you know, our beliefs are our stories, our habits are our stories. We live most of our life, honestly, 95% of our life on autopilot. We do the same things every single day. Have you ever gotten in your car at the office and driven home and wondered how you got there? Yes. So stories is what we run when we're not in the moment. We're not present. We're not intentional. We're not at choice. We're just running background stories based on old things that happened. And what's interesting, because you said this earlier, it's like sometimes you worry about something that might happen in the future. Well, that's you're basing that on old stories. The problem with that is we're missing the moment that we're in. When we're focused on the past, telling a story from the past, we're in anxiety about something that might happen in the future. We literally are missing what is available in this moment. And you can choose joy for this moment. Exactly. One of the things a lot of folks associate joy with like huge, big, enthusiastic energy. Honestly, what I associate joy with is peace. Mm. When I am in a place of authentic joy, I'm in that calm that you just talked about. Now that's interesting. I love peace. But for me personally, I associate peace with freedom. For that moment, I'm free. And to have that feeling of freedom, to me, is wonderful. That's how you get joy. If I could feel like I'm free and I'm grateful and I'm calm and there's peace, then that's all I want. It's amazing when you really look at what you want in your life. It's not the material things. You want that inner peace. You want to find joy. You want to be grateful. Many people don't practice it. They don't. They want it, but they don't practice it. They don't practice it because, again, because of their programming. And it is a practice. And interestingly, so joy, peace, you said joy, peace, gratitude, freedom. For me, they're all at that highest level of energetic vibration. They all hang out right up there together. Because I'm all about the freedom too. Yes. That's why I went into business for myself, but that doesn't necessarily give you freedom. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we can be clear about that. It doesn't. It does not freedom. And many people do it. It actually is more work because now you're the only one that you have to do everything. You have to do the sales and the and setting things up and the accounting and everything is you. Even though that is freedom for a lot of people, there is joy in that. There's excitement in that. Freedom I think we just said it. Freedom means something different to everybody. Yes, it does. Peace. What you're grateful for and what I'm grateful for are different. Yes. What would it be like to live in a world where our outcome for every single day 
is stay in joy, right? That's like an ideal utopia, which if we can get over anger and hate, it's okay if you have stories. We all have stories. We all have them. But seeing them and knowing that, what I find is important and reading about it. You could read about anger. You could read about trauma. You could read about joy. But feeling all these things, we with all the news and everything that's going on and your family might be in turmoil, seems to deduct joy from our lives. I stopped listening to the news. I haven't turned on the news for probably 15 years. If there's something going on, it, it'll show up in social media or it'll show up someplace. But I'm with you. I don't make lightly of the fact that we have things happening in our life that aren't fun. How we respond to that really is up to us and how long we let that impact us and bring us down. I believe we are meant to be joyful. I think so too. When I first started trying to find peace and joy and all of that, I read a lot of self-help books. It was one self-help book after another, ton of really amazing ones out there There that at least made me think and made me say, I think that way. How can I switch that? By just a couple words, you switch the whole concept of what you're thinking. I know that you had tried. (laughs) (laughs) Did you try or did you actually do it? (laughs) Yes, yes. Our, Our great philosopher Yoda, right? Do or do not. There is no try. And it's true. I mean, we use the word interchangeably while we're actually doing something. I'm going to try to do a podcast. Well, I did do a podcast and I am doing a podcast. I'm not trying to do it. How do you feel self-help books can at least help a super novice try to find joy? Like you, I'm a self-help junkie. I, I love the books. I love the podcasts. I love the TED Talks. They all benefit only if we're willing to turn the mirror and look at ourselves with what we learn. Because it gets uncomfortable, right? To take that look and be like, oh, I'm doing that. It's super uncomfortable. Once we get past the uncomfortability, what we recognize is that there's joy available in that knowledge. But as long as we just think about, okay, how can I fix somebody else? Because a lot of us read self-help books to fix somebody else. Because if they would change, then my life would be great, especially in relationships. When we really start looking in the mirror, if we take the time once we've read or while we're reading a book or listening, how does that apply to me? What can I do with that? And it's peeling back of layers. We're never done learning and growing. I mean, I I wish I could stand here today and tell you, I don't have stories and I got this all figured out. Oh my gosh, no. What I have is people that when I recognize my story, it's like, okay, I need help processing this because I'm not enjoy right now and I want to get back. But I I love anybody who starts to do personal development and self-help books or listen to audios or videos, they're at least creating the possibility to recognize those stories faster and faster because that's all it comes down to is what's that thought and is it benefiting us? Exactly. Because I read all the self-help books and all the ones that were famous and all the great quotes and all of that. Well, what I realized I wasn't doing, I wasn't applying it. I wasn't, and your magic word you said was do. Yep. It's one thing to learn it. It's another one to do it. I remember I heard a story. There was someone at one of these big self-help conventions that happened on the weekend. 
and they met up with someone I know and they said, oh, yes, I do this one every year. The same one. To me, I said, it's a refresher for you. And it could be one of two things. There are people that they just want that hit, that weekend hit, and then they want to go back to their regular life where I don't have to think about that and I can just go back. And I have folks like that that come through the classes and workshops that I do as well. Then I have the ones that get a piece of it because a lot of times in those workshops, there's so much that there's no way you can get it all. If I'm going back for, okay, what else can I learn and what else? It's great, but you got to apply it. You got to practice it every single day. It's got to become the new way that you live. Otherwise, it's just, as you just said, it's an event. Great. Yeah, it's a fun event. Yeah. And it's exciting to get out of the house and go somewhere and be among new people. So that part I understand. Yeah. I would like to go to the next step. What is the next step from here? I do appreciate weekends like you offered. That was extremely helpful for me. And I was vulnerable. So a good thing for me to learn. Self-help books also propelled me into going to something like you offer. It's hard to get people into our classes at all if they haven't done at least a little bit of self-exploration. Because if you haven't, then you don't think you need anything because you don't even recognize that there's growth potential and growth opportunity. I will be the first to admit that our workshops are uncomfortable. Any of them are that make you face who you are. Exactly. Because we like to live in a little bubble telling us that we're okay. And we are okay. We are. We just have to accept that we're okay. We have to accept that this is who we are. Now, how can I make it better? But to get to the point where you are not even accepting who you are yet, it's really hard to get past that because you're going to come back, oh, I messed that up. What am I going to do? We're, we're hard on ourselves and we just make life so much harder. It's taken me a long time to just recognize because when I start to figure stuff out, I want everybody to get it. It's like, oh, yes. And what I realize is not everybody's ready to hear it. And so I plant seeds and see if they take root and grow, but I have no attachment. I give freely because if I'm attached to you getting it, then now my joy is attached to you. And it's also, I because I've done that with someone, I saw so much potential in them and I couldn't get why they couldn't see the potential, but they had so many backstories that it was hard for them to do it. I ended up apologizing to them saying, I'm sorry, but I came across like you should know this attitude instead of, I mean, I was kind about it because it's a very hard subject. They told me I wasn't ready and now they are. Which is great. And what recognize that even by doing that when they weren't ready, you actually created some possibility there. You cracked something open, but if somebody's not ready to listen, it's our sign to stop talking. We said what we needed to say to start potentially the opening, mm -hmm. but we all get to, we are, we're all at choice. How awesome would it be if we just loved people for exactly who they are and they don't have to meet any of our requirements? That's a hard one. It is. I've eased up. I'm pretty good about seeing potential in people. I like to see what you naturally do because what you naturally do is what you're going to be good True. at. You've had enough practice your entire life for it. Most people are more committed to their comfort zone than they are the potential. 
even if it's the comfort zone is negative because that's what, what they the know. devil that I know is better than the devil that I don't know. And who's to say that there's really another devil? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what would you say now that we've gone on all these stories and I think it's very good for the, the listener, they're going to say, wow, you know, I've done this or that. And now I can help myself. I can be grateful. So if you have to do a takeaway from our talk today, what would you say? I would say, look for it, make a commitment to look for it because at least when we commit to look for the joy, to look for the positive, we create the possibility that it might be there because right, it goes back to what's getting our attention, what's getting our energy, what we don't like or what we do like. Don't want what we do want. Start listening to the story. The biggest thing, the first thing is in this moment right now, listen to the story because there's a lot of our listeners that are telling themselves a story about how what we're saying isn't true. They've got a story running in the background. Well, that, no, they don't know. Listen to the story. And the more that you keep practicing listening to the story, and then what do you want? If you really want more joy, start looking for it and watch what happens. And it's the simplest thing. You could just say, I am happy to be alive and healthy today. Yeah. And I find joy in everything. I'm grateful I woke up. Yes, thank you. That's where it starts. <laughs> exactly. There is so much that we can be grateful for, even through this really difficult time. Because it really depends on your perception and what your perception of joy is and what your perception of happiness is. Tell, being able to tell the difference between happiness is external. See, I learned something from you today. And joy is internal. And that's such a good explanation for it. Because someone else cannot bring you joy. You have to bring it to yourself. Somebody else brings it, that happy moment, it's fleeting. And it's a happy moment. The only way we get to hold on to it is if we do it ourselves, for ourselves. Moment by moment by moment. Live in the present. Live in the present. I want to thank you. This has been really <laughs> great. I've learned a lot, especially like the difference between joy and happy, because in the past I have found that things that make me happy, I thought was going to bring me joy, but that is within you. And how could someone reach you if they want to get a hold of High you? Highfiveleadership.com, H-I-G-H, the number five, because we got to be special, leadership.com. We have a contact page there. I would love to just let people know on our website, under the resource tab, we have a free resource called the seven day joy ride challenge. How do you go get more joy for yourself in seven days? Short little videos every day. Super fun. It's there for you to expand your joy and go on a joy ride. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, what fun. Yes. What fun. Thank you for listening to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast. Please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter at PoeticResurrection.com for the latest information and updates. <laughs>